Welcome to Witch Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we bounce around like cats on a bed in Boop. Next up, we explore islands looking for animals in The Search for Lost Species. And lastly, we punch the clock as we slap each other in Fun City Game. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hello, this game. And it's Mike Grenier. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus bark. <laughs> Our first game of this week is Boop, designed by Scott Brady. Published by Smirk and Laughter Games in 2022. Number of players, two. Ages 10 and up. Playtime, 20 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us. What's in the box? The cover of the box shows a chubby, cow-spotted kitten smiling in a jovial and not mischievous way uncharacteristic of the average cat. <laughs> Inside, mm -hmm. we see a quilted cloth board which sits really nicely over the top of the box. And 32 kitten and cat meeples. And that's what's in the box. Well, Evan, mm -hmm. before we tell everyone if this game was up our alley, give us a perfect reading of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. It's an abstract strategy game for two players in which the players place kittens and cats on a bed, trying to boop your opponent's kittens and cats off the bed. <laughs> Every time you place a kitten on the bed, it goes boop, which, which is to say that it pushes every other kitten on the board one space away. You can line up three kittens in a row, if you can, to graduate them into cats, and then get three cats in a row to win. Can you boop your own kittens and cats? Oh, yes, which is why you need to be careful on where you place your kittens and cats. In this game, everything is an onomatopoeia. Boop! <laughs> Do I need to explain what onomatopoeia is? No, we all know what that is, right? Yeah. Go for it. It's, you know, you never know. Don't talk down to people, but tell them what it is. Oh, well, well it's when a, the, the definition of the word is the sound it makes. Mm -hmm. Bam! Pop! Right. And uh, think of the Batman uh, campy cartoon kind of. Yeah, all whack. of those. 100% onomatopoeia so there. Whack is an onomatopoeia. So boop <laughs> is an onomatopoeia. All right. Well, this game looked and felt like home. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Tell us about these. We got to play it in person, Evan and I. And yeah. um, Ed and Mike were there, so they got to feel and, and use the components. I know that Ed and Mike also played it online. No, so, we played it in person. Oh, it was still in a prototype. Oh, in, in, in person. In person. And we played it on BGA as well. Yes, yes. Okay, so what did you think of the finished game, guys? I mean, when I saw the prototype at, the, uh, at one of the uh, spiels there... It was awesome. It had like a nice uh, quilted board. And I'm like, is he really going to put a quilted board in this box? And he did. He they actually did. went for a bed quilt as one of the props is the actual Clever. board. Clever. Really cool. Yeah. I, I bet like he probably talked to like a potholder company and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but don't you want a loop on the end? I mean, 
I gotta actually talk to Kurt and see how he did this, like it from Smart and it, Laughter. It it felt really nice, really fluffy and fun to the touch, and mm-hmm. and a cute little pattern on yep. the on the blue cloth. Yep. Very and, cool. And, and I was worried that um, because it was very fluffy, I was worried that the cats and kittens might not sit properly on the squares, mm-hmm. but they did. Yep, they were nice and thick and heavy, so I think that helped. And I also like how the bottom of the box comes out and you flip it upside down and you put the quilt on top of that and it looks like a bed. Yep. <laughs> it actually made it look like a bed. It's yes. so clever. Yeah, with a bed skirt and everything. Very yep. clever. Mm-hmm. Very clever. All right. So I also liked the wooden pieces of um, components. The cats were made of the fine, glossy wood mm-hmm. and the kittens as well. They were, you know, meeple cutouts, but they felt really nice to the touch and they were large. And I like the cat meeples. Like that. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. so cute. They're like but, the meeples in Root. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you remember yeah. those. Yeah. Hefty, yeah. Like hefty, large and with a nice little painted face on them. Very cute, and also felt very homey, you know, mm-hmm. things that you wouldn't mind having around your house. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about the play. Yeah. What kind of game is this, Ed? Uh, it's basically an abstract strategy game. Because, uh, you're, you're, you're moving pieces on the board, and, you know, fairly simple rules. Just get three cats in a row to win. Yeah, I yeah, think... But, but getting three cats in a row... You got to make those kittens into cats. That is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like an area control game, too, you know, where you're trying to, like, y- you want to kind of almost start in the middle of the board and then bounce your cats out from there and then bounce them back in to be next to each other. Because mm-hmm. it's not like a chain reaction. Like, the one cat bounces anything around it, but mm-hmm. whatever it bounces next to, it stays there. And kittens can't bounce cats. So mm-hmm. you can use that to your advantage to kind of, like, move stuff to where you want it to once you get a cat on the board. And also, I think a neat little trick is when you have two cats or kittens in a row, they're harder to bounce off or boop off. Mm-hmm. To boop. <laughs> to yeah, that's boop. the key, really. Yeah, Getting that... them, like, somehow figuring out a way to line them up so they are lodged so closely together that they can't be bounced. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of another game fight by Smirk and Dagger with uh, Shobu. You kind of like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of putting pieces down and they kind of push each other around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's, th- that's what's another good uh, abstract strategy. I, I love yeah. that game. Yeah, so this one had the same kind of feel to it, you know, where it's like, oh, I know that there's one, there's like two, three rules that you need to know to play the game, and then once you get going, you're like, ooh. I have a lot of choices to make here. <laughs> there's this mm-hmm. sort of impulse, almost in a game like Othello, in which you want to place things as close to other things in order to have a reaction of as many things as possible. But that's not necessarily the best strategy to mm-hmm, employ no. in this game. <clears throat> you actually want to try to minimize uh, what gets bounced because you're bouncing your own pieces as well as your opponent's mm-hmm. pieces. So the less bouncing that can occur <laughs> will actually get you to the point where you can grab those, get those kittens in a row and kind of protect each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. watch the edge, boy. Stay away from the edge of that bed. Not easy to do. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, you can definitely. Yeah, you, you get bounced off the bed, and then you have to, like, put your piece back on the bed again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you lose <laughs> a lot of ground that way. <laughs> Mike, you said it reminded you a little of Robo Rally? Yeah, because, like, every time you're ready to do your move, you're like, okay, this is going to do this, 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 and this. <laughs> How does that help me in the future? So you're, like, kind of 
looking back and forth across the board like, oh man, I really need to plan ahead to how I'm going to get these three in a row. And, you know, you're doing the motions with your hands like, he goes here, that goes there, that goes there. Yeah, you're <laughs> trying to predict not just your turn right now, but mm-hmm. future turns as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really hard because your opponent is also <laughs> booping stuff around. So, <laughs> <laughs> at, at, Early on, it feels a little tic-tac-toe-y. But that mm. goes away pretty fast. Oh yeah, because a things turns. just just keep moving away and away and away. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, where did it go? <laughs> where? Yeah, because you're not expecting the X's and O's to all be moving just because you put an X in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Boop. What say you, Mike? This is definitely a game with simple rules, easy to learn, but it allows for a lot of strategic thinking. It's cute. It's simple, and it's fun. So it's got all the check marks for me. I'm going to dig it up. Evan? Yeah, Boop takes, you know, no time to learn. It's a very quick setup. Rules are simple. <clears throat> After playing a few times, certain patterns, I think, will reveal themselves, where a person could find either repetitive and boring or inventive and interesting. I'm in the latter of those two camps, so dig it up. Ed? It's super cute, easy to learn, abstract strategy game that plays really quick. And did I mention a cat meeple? Wee! Dig it up. <laughs> if you're into style and you like to bring out stylish, clever designs, this game definitely fits the bill. You can play it with anybody, easy learning curve, and just so charming to look at. It's definitely a dig up in my book. What pets do you boop? Let us know. We are at Which Game First on all social media. Hey, everybody, what's going on with Witch Game First? Monday night, Witch Game First, a board game podcast is live, playing on our social media channels. That would be Twitch, and that would be Facebook, and that would be YouTube. And we want you to come along for the ride as we learn our way through a brand new game. It takes place Monday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern time. We, like I said, learn the game. We interact with the audience. We often do trivia with the audience, we take questions, we do comments. It's a very interactive experience, and we want you to be a part of it with Which Game First. Uh, this week, we played um, Gang of Dice by Reiner Nesia. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. if you miss it live, you can always catch it on YouTube later. Uh, and, you know, our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel has it for a certain amount of time as well, but our YouTube has it all the time. Reiner Nesia is one of the people that was in our board game design conference, which oh, is still yeah. available if you want it. It's great for learning lots of valuable design information. If you're ever interested in how games are designed or designing a game yourself, it's full of industry professionals who are are there to share their expertise. Just go to boardgamedesignconference.com and you can grab a access for only $9.99. And mm-hmm. we want to thank our patrons. Uh, thank you so much, patrons. You support our show. If you want to become a patron, just go to our website and click on Become a Patron. And for just $3 a month, you'll get access to our entire library of patron-only podcast episodes of... Bonus points! <sighs> Anything else, guys? Ed's going to do something cool. What are you up to, Ed? I'm heading over to the World Board Gaming Championship. Yeah. yeah. For Rip how it. long, Ed? How long is that conference? Uh, 10 days or so, yeah. Holy you know, cow. A meager 10 days of board gaming straight. You know, oh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> good. I'll get in some 18XS game, maybe a little Ark Nova, 
and then maybe play some tissue and open boy gaming later. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Only those three games, then you'll be out of time for the ten days. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or you can just play the one game that lasts all week. So pay attention to our social media because I'm sure Ed will be posting all about his World Board Gaming Championship trip. Mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. And have a lot of information to bring back for us. Can't wait to find out what happened. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank thanks. you all. Thank you. Our next game up this week is The Search for Lost Species, designed by Matthew O'Malley and Ben Rossett, published by Renegade Game Studios in 2023. Number of players, 1 to 4, age 13 and up. Playtime, 60 to 75 minutes. <laughs> all right, Mike, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows a fuzzy marsupial mama covering her pup amongst the branches and broad leaves of a dense forest. Inside reveal a game board, a pad of note sheets, four player screens, 18 town cards, six lost species cards, nine pawns, and 82 assorted tokens. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if our game explorer skills helped us achieve victory... <laughs> Evan, give us an overview. The Search for Lost Species. It's a deduction game where players are scientists on an expedition to find a lost species. The island nations of Papua New Guinea and Indonesia are the hex maps that can be explored, uh, depending on which side of the board you're going to play. The terrains in these areas vary. Hills, forests, and swamps. You'll move by foot or by boat into and around the island to examine each region to find clues about the region's wildlife. On any given hex, there is either one form of wildlife or no wildlife at all. If you're able to confirm a wildlife in the region, then that will inform the player of what type of wildlife might be in the surrounding regions. Points are awarded to players making correct deductions about the wildlife in a particular region. The lost species you are looking for will be in a region that appears to be empty, but the clues you discover about the surrounding regions will help you hone in on the one region where the lost species resides. Once a player successfully deduces the region containing the lost species, all players make their final moves, points are totaled, and the highest total wins the game, which is the true definition of game explorers. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what did we got to play this live? Yes, yeah, we did. Um, Ed had a, uh, a brand new shiny copy that I think he was punching out the night before we played it. That's correct. Um, all right, so which is why when I asked him to play a different game, he couldn't do it because he said he was too busy punching out the games for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> a little insight as to how Ed operates. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he loves his punching. <laughs> oh, I mean, who doesn't love the smell of fresh cardboard? Come on. <laughs> well, this game what did have a lot of punch outs, including Ed, a three mm. D what? A three D boat to sort your tokens in. Yep. So mm -hmm. bizarre! It's yes. an assembled thing that is just to hold your tokens. That mm -hmm. was interesting and mm -hmm. cool, and it sat aside. It also had Evan a a pad of sheets to okay. fill out oh yes yeah we it love had, those it had the right component of a roll and write <laughs> yes right <laughs> it's a write and write it's a yeah basically <laughs> and then it had wooden meeples uh wooden mountains 
And mm-hmm. what did you guys think? Uh, the hex board, which we mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. love. Hexes. We double-sided. Hexes. You have one side with a narrower island, and the other side is a bigger island. Mm-hmm. Because one side is easier than the other? Correct. So... What did you think, though, guys, of the art on the cards? Mm. I thought it was a little fuzzy, to be honest. There was, like, a lot going on, and it was kind of... I mean, you're starting with animals that want to be camouflaged in nature. (laughs) So (laughs) they were camouflaging themselves on those cards, I I noticed. That's an interesting interesting way to put it. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. Right. I just thought, gee, it's hard to see the animals uh, inside, you know, for the uh, backgrounds. They were kind of blendy, blendy. And they were also really like tight and close up. But maybe the point of that was that they were being, they were hidden and hard to find. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it lost is species. For lost species. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say the cover was had a very distinct creature, right? You could really see yeah. the creature hidden among them, and I, I would have preferred that rather than these the cards that looked a little too blendy, blendy. And they were photographs, not yeah, drawings. Definitely photograph. Wow, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Uh, drawings might have been better in that in this case. Um, like the cover, the cover is clearly a drawing. Uh, okay, so that now let's talk about the play of this game. Holy brain burner. <laughs> well, deduction game. You yeah, know. that's what deduction does to you. It's all, <laughs> it yeah, but I've, I've played deduction games that weren't like this. This is quite complex for a deduction game. You know, um, I remember that game we played uh, where we were trying to solve a murder in the medieval times and it had an app. Oh, the app. We'll get to that in a second. But it had an app where you look through the room. That was a deduction game I, I thoroughly enjoyed. This one was was whew, it was very a lot of concentration i think you're talking about chronicles of crime right yes yeah, chronicles yeah, yeah, yeah. of crime yeah. 1400 i believe with that the particular one, played, one. Yeah. yes oh. and that was a deduction game um this is as well and it's similar and they both come with an app let's talk mm-hmm. a quick minute about the app because you do use it right when you start the game oh yeah the app was fun actually i thought it was a good way to keep things organized uh, it had a little bit of sound to it, which made it kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and it was a good way to keep track of some things you've already learned because you can look through the history. In oh, it too. the history was key. Yes, you can look mm-hmm. through the history of it. It gave you some clue just for you, and you can tailor your difficulty based on you know, what level of experience you want to go. I'm going to go like genius mode. Don't give me any starting information or like give me all the clues. I need them. Yeah, brilliant for solo games. Brilliant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like it totally allows you to play a solo game very easily, mm-hmm. and because it keeps the information from you and gives you what you need. Uh, yeah, it was. Thank goodness for the history. My good, I I, I don't know what I'd do without it. <laughs> yeah, you have to reference it too because there's a lot of things that you'll go back on a clue that you got earlier that didn't give you as much information, and you'll say, "Oh, now because I have that clue and I've eliminated some things." It gives me a whole lot more information. So the history is vital to, to being able to solve yeah. this. If I was playing solo, though, I don't know <laughs> if I would make it to the end without just like being like, tell me the answer. <laughs> <laughs> because this app can give you the answer at any time. Yeah, yeah. that's nice, actually. That's a nice feature. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you, you don't think you'd be able to resist your urge? Yeah, no, not, a, not at all. That's not funny. Not at all. <laughs> 
as soon as you even have a hint of what you think the answer might be, you're like, all right, all right, I yes. got to find out. And, yep. <laughs> and then when you find out you're wrong, you're like, what? What's the right answer? Oh, and man. Move on to that. Where did I go wrong? Yep. Yeah. You're oh, I know where I went wrong when we were playing. <laughs> out your I mean, seriously, yeah, if you mark one thing incorrectly, Oof. throws, well, your it's whole, a it throws you off. Yeah. It it's throws a cascade. Off. Yeah. So you, yeah. have to be, you have I, to stay sharp. Yep. So yep. Ed, we followed a um, expedition leader around the board. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, because there's um, you know, a leader meeple that's on the board. And once he's the furthest back on the Congo line, something happens. Like everybody gets to make a, a guess or a sighting. Like, ooh, I think there's a python in this thing, but it's all hidden. And if you're correct later, you get points. Yes. But if you get wrong, eh, no oh, point yeah. for you. Yeah, exactly. Once you see something that you got wrong, too, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> if that's <laughs> wrong, then what else is wrong? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, I found right. myself also it's like, hey, somebody put a bet on that thing. That means there's probably an animal there. It's probably not empty. Hmm. Yeah, but remember. I think, it's this, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was just you know, this one over here. So if it's that animal and you start going down the wrong, you can lead yourself down the wrong path. Just making a wrong assumption and then you find out later oh so let's put an animal on there and she was wrong i go <gasps> yeah i know oh, no yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, that's all right my stuff is wrong too it's very true <laughs> yep, very true yep. that was my favorite mechanism of this game was the fact that you basically how you get your points is you if you think you have a region or a hex solved you make a you make a a, a bet it's blind in, in other words that you, your opponents can't see exactly what you're saying is in that area but you're putting down you're putting your coin down literally in that hex saying i know what's in here mm-hmm. and but what's clever about it and ed was alluding to it is that you can use that cue of other people and you can kind of bet if you think they are right right mm-hmm. i think uh, yes, there's an 80 percent right. probability ed was correct in his guess of that he knows the species therefore i'm gonna follow that bet Yep. Mm-hmm. you know and go and go that route I, I thought that was very uh very cool very clever yeah you can actually if you're paying really close attention you can learn something even if it's just a guess of theirs because certain things come in certain patterns like this creature can't be next to another one of its kind or it has to be next to a fully empty space so if you know that's going to be the potentially the only creature in this space you have to say, okay, I know these two spaces are empty next to it, and that's one of the conditions of having this guy here. And they wouldn't bet on that space if it's empty for any creature. So right. you can learn a little bit of information if you're really paying attention from what the other players bet on or mm-hmm. from what they avoid. And then also there, you can go to town and discover little researches where it's like, okay, a little, another little logic rule to help you figure things out. And there's like five different or six different ones that you can uncover during the game by going to the town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it I mean, can for, further confuse you, right? Well, <laughs> if you learn, if you like, if you learn like one of the logic rules that nobody else knows, right? That's what you get in town. You just choose one, and it's something like. Um, no other creatures are going to be next to pythons. And if you know where the python is, you can cross off all those other creatures around them just because of what you just learned in town. Ooh. And you're the only one with that information. Yeah, that would be a or, mega hint. Or yeah. find Huge. out that the lost species is not next to any of the cuckoos, something right. like that. It's exactly. like, oh, okay, in that case, I can eliminate all the apparently empty places that are next to those animals because they can't contain the lost. Mm-hmm. Sure, and it's not just the animals. You have to also that there are hints about the terrain, 
You can mm -hmm. say there are no frogs in the hills terrain. So you can right. immediately, you know, if you're looking for frogs, eliminate those from your searches. Mm -hmm. It would be really helpful to know that there was a list of, here's a hot tip, guys. <laughs> There's a whole list of, um, of, parameters what are they called rules that you can yeah, yeah like logic rules, logic rules, yes. logic rules yeah, yes, that, yeah. that are given to you at the beginning of the game it's good to know that they exist which oh. i did <laughs> i remember celeste is like wait well, there's all these clues over here yes it's on that sheet on yeah that, that sheet you start on that with right and yeah, right it's, sheet. it's right on your notepad and not only that it's on inside your player screen too so. yes yes that was yeah, that yeah. that was it was much more helpful the only thing it didn't come with was a large poster to pin on the wall to remind you Right. Yep. So those are basic logic rules that everybody starts with every game, though, right? Like, I mean, you don't get new yeah. screens. You're, you're, right. Once you know them by so, heart, yeah. you can really eliminate right. stuff quickly. Yeah. Those are always the patterns. Right? So, Evan, the game pace. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a little slower than some of us, at least, like uh, for, our game, for our game to be paced. Um, I wish there was a little more way uh, that you could maybe take, make some simultaneous moves. Yeah, uh, in the game, but it really doesn't allow for that because because order is so key. If yes. I go and I decide to explore by foot, for example, I have to move three spaces ahead on the time tracker, and then I have to wait for everybody else to pass me before I can take my turn again. Right? right. So yeah. That, that's somebody why it's go very to town, which only takes one time. They might act twice before you go again. Right. 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 And uh, yeah, we've played other games with a similar mechanism to that. So generally speaking, that mechanism tends to add a little more slowness to the game than yeah. other games. Well, plus the fact that you're doing a process of elimination every turn, that slows the game down automatically, too. Like you're mm -hmm. like, oh, if I eliminate this, now I have to look at everything again. Does that eliminate anything else? So especially the further in the game you get to, the more like... You know, it, it kind of accelerates, but it also takes a little longer to to check those boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brain burn increases. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you could seize the smoke by that point. <laughs> it does. Yeah, and you're hoping that you didn't miss something. You know, oh, misreading mm -hmm. something. Oh man, I misread one thing and it messed me up real bad. Um, there was a rule too that that kind of messed me up, and I thought it was a little fuzzy. There's two fuzzy things. I'll talk about one of them first, and we'll go to the other one after. But the first fuzzy thing was the way that adjacency worked in the game. Um, mountains blocked adjacency as far as you're moving, but they didn't block adjacency for creatures. So if it said a frog nope. is next to something else, they did block it. I mean, no, it blocked that, but it didn't block like the group of birds could be across yeah, the bird, across the mountains, block. which makes sense. The bird would fly over the mountain. Yeah, you know, right. So exactly. It could do that. It or, could do that. Whereas but, yeah. a land-based creature would ha would have to live by the rules, the restrictions of a mountain range. Right, right. A set of hills. Right. It just was weird that some things counted as adjacent and some didn't, and it wasn't super clear. So I think that in the end, a couple of our guesses were with the thought that these two spaces were adjacent to each other, when in fact the mountains made them not adjacent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, was that both of your weird things? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had I have two different weird things. One was that one was the other one that really plagued you, especially early on, Celeste. I remember the way one of the cards read. It was telling you what things were not included in something, and it said oh, like yeah. number one and yep. two through three or something yeah. like that. And horrible, yeah. horrible way to yeah. write it. L mm -hmm. Listen to this. Uh oh, <laughs> this species is in. Area one and fourteen to fifteen. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like it's there twice? Yeah, it sounds like it's in that- one and it's either in... 14 or 15 also. Yep, that was my yeah. first initial yeah. reaction. Why isn't yeah. it 1, 13, 14? Right. Yeah, yeah that really that messed that me up because it was actually one only one result. 13, now, 2, 14. Yeah. Right. right. And that really messed me up. But yeah. I, I, they, <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. wanted to keep going. I know you guys wanted to keep going at that point, but I'm like, no, damn it. We have to solve this problem. <laughs> you're like, yeah, well, don't worry. We'll figure it out at the end. I'm like, no, you're not going to figure it out at the end because it matters to how I'm going to play right now. <laughs> yep. I know. I'm with you, Celeste. I totally think it was. But I mean, other than that, the only solution was scrap the whole game and, you know. We didn't want to do that. Nah, we, we just needed to, to. No, we needed to think it through a little bit longer, and eventually we did figure it out. Yeah, we did get around to it. It's <laughs> tough though. I mean, because that makes that makes a lot of it makes you doubt some of your past decisions. Anytime you're like, "Oh, I might have messed something up," or something was unclear, then you can't. There's a certain point where you just, unless you're like the world's greatest logic genius, you can't back it up to the point where you initially made a mistake. That is absolutely true. I mean, there is a, and and I'm sure that some people can go way, way back. And Mm. some people probably have the wherewithal to just muscle through, brain Mm. muscle through the corrections that are Mm. needed. And Mm. it it really does take a huge amount of retracing your steps. It was way beyond my scope or interest to do that. Well, that's why I thought the notepad was critical for this game in a way where you're keeping notes of all the information you got so you can re-review it and and uh, make sure that you consider the logic yeah. appropriately. Well, let me let me caveat that just a little bit. You're not keeping track of all the information you've got. You just got you're keeping track on that one notepad of the specific logic information you got. Other mm-hmm. information that you might have gleaned from people's actions or, you know, some chain of events, you have to get your own separate notepad if you want to keep track of all that stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, there are well, spots. Well, they actually give you yeah. a little column a for little other people. Bit. Yeah, a there are bit. spots on a there. A little tiny area. There's no way. There's no way that's enough. <laughs> all right, bigger notepads are needed. Well, yeah. Mikey would pull out, pull out a notebook yeah, and gotta, write down that. Or I know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what the back so, of the Ed, you, <laughs> Ed, you were saying the game is eco-friendly? You'll notice that that when I got the box, there was no, um, you know, plastic wrapping on the box mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, and uh, there's no baggies in the uh, in the box. Everything is either, you know, you store it in paper envelopes or, um, yep, the everything's either wood or paper. Yep, we actually had a talk about that at one of the conventions where we did like we talked about like how some companies are trying to make slightly more eco-friendly like products mm-hmm. even by just eliminating the wrapper on the outside of the box and replacing it with a sticker mm-hmm. that makes a big difference yeah, okay but- explorers it's time to dig up or bury the search for lost species ed it's a cool logic search game with some nice opportunities to push your luck when you think your competitors have figured out something even if they're wrong so <laughs> i'll dig it up and search again Mike? I was a big fan of the way the app worked to keep the deduction part of the game interesting and organized. There was a little bit of symbology paralysis going on for me, maybe, but overall, this was a solid game, so I'll dig it up. Evan? 
Yeah, the Search for Lost Species, it's a very good deduction game. I thought the app was the most impressive component, worked really well. Thank goodness it kept track of the history of everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, perhaps the main criticism I have is, was the pace. I'd like to see more simultaneous action, but it really didn't detract from my overall enjoyment. Dig it up. Uh, the look and feel of the game is lovely, and the design of the game is brilliant, extremely clever, and entirely not for me. <laughs> this uh, this game is very nice, uh, but it takes too long for in my for my taste, um, and it is a little bit too much work for me. So I unfortunately will have to bury it. Would you convert your plastic baggies to paper envelopes? Let us know. We are at Which Game First on all social media. Our last game up this week is Fun City Game. Fun City! <laughs> designed by nobody who cares. We're a big corporation, Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers. <laughs> Published by Parker Brothers, 1987. Number of players, two to four, ages eight and up. Playtime. Who cares? Mikey, <laughs> tell us what's in this very familiar looking box. The cover of the box is a bit of a messy version of Where's Waldo art, maybe, in a chaotic city filled with hockey players, hot dog vendors, and hobos, just to name a few. <laughs> Inside, we find a game board, a stack of fun city cards, a stack of crazy cards, four-player pawns, the slog standee, and the fun city bank. More on that one later. Oh, the fun city bank. Oh, yeah. By far the best thing about this game. <laughs> That's what's in the box. All right, Evan, before we tell everybody if this game lives up to its fun city name, taxi in some rules. Fun City Game is a race game where you live in a bustling city environment trying to get to certain locations in the city before they close. Players roll dice to move around the board, but they can augment their movement by playing crazy cards to help them, such crazy. as add four to your roll or double your roll. But at the same time, other players can play their crazy cards to hinder <laughs> your movement, such as subtract eight from your roll. Ugh. Or you fell asleep on the bus and overshot your bus stop. <laughs> subtract eight on 2d6. <laughs> Brutal. 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 Martin Wallace feature. Oh, um, at all times, sorry, Martin. At all times, four of the locations in the city have active cards on them, meaning these locations are worth points if you can be the first player to get there in time. Mm. Locations close at designated times, according to the cards. So beat the other players there and also beat the clock, mm -hmm. which advances at interesting and somewhat random intervals. <laughs> <laughs> Play until the clock strikes five. Count up your points. Declare victory in Fun City. If fun chaos city. and craziness is your idea of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Nine to five. That's where the game happens. Nine, Nine to, to five. five. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. Ed, before we even get started on the components and, and oh, the play of this game, Ed, tell us what you learned about the cover art. Well, the cover art looked look familiar, as someone mentioned. So Super I looked familiar. up on uh, Board Game Geek, and the artist is Jack Burton Davis, who, as some people may know, is from a one of the founders of Mad Magazine. Yeah. Ah. Wow. It that's is crazy. Very Mad Magazine y, the art mm -hmm. on the cover. Very late 70s, early 80s cartoon art where they jam in as many 
people as possible mm-hmm. into the space. So this was a very popular style of art. Lots of color, lots of faces, total mm-hmm. chaos. Uh, they could have called it Chaos City, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I like it. Gr- grief art- Town. Yeah, by, by <laughs> Grief Town. Yeah, all the people you see, there are all caricatures. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yes. Very much. Me. And the, the tagline on the cover is where the craziest things happen like clockwork. <laughs> like where clock. the craziest things happen like clockwork. Mike, clock you want to talk about broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Evan, man, this was a brilliant find. Mike, what about this clock? So, all right. So the game, like the way you score in this game is picking up stuff off the table during the time frame in which it's available. And on the side, you have this clock. Which has a couple of functions. One, Wait, is, it's not a clock. It's a giant. Okay, it's a, it's a model. Bank. It's a bank. <laughs> it's a model of a bank. A model like a mini, like a yeah. really, really big mini that you mm-hmm. can paint. Yeah, right. It's like, it's like a plastic, well, unpainted mini. Like of a Gringotts, bank. right? Basically yeah, from Harry Gringotts. Potter or something like. I think Gringotts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big square, almost castle-like bank. Right. And on the front of it has a you know like what would be a flip or digital type clock. But, you know, it's not digital, it's obviously. It's a rolling clock. It's, yeah, the roll, like yeah. a flip clock. And um, it moves. Every time a person takes their turn, you're clicking the button on the clock. You but punch it, the top of the clock. Exactly. And it's the two chimneys. You punch mm-hmm. one chimney, the other one may or may not pop up. And you keep punching the chimney to move the time forward every turn. Oh, my yep. God. But it moves differently. It's It either goes, what, 5, 10, no. 10, 20, or 30 minutes every time you click it, and you're not sure what it's going to go. So if you're trying to collect something on your turn, you're one turn away, and there's 20 more minutes to collect it, it might flip, go to 30, and it's not even available anymore. It pulls it right off the board and replaces it with something else that you can score on instead. Yeah, because some, some like for example, the museum is open 9 to 12. So you got to mm-hmm. get there before 12 o'clock. If it's 1130, you might not make it. Who came yeah. up with these hours? But right, I, but, I mean, isn't that it. part of city life? Especially Mike, you yes. can attest to that. Uh, yeah, no, everything's open all day except for the bank. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, it's not true. That is not true. You miss exhibits. You miss time. Yeah, you frames. can miss stuff. Things yeah, can yeah. close. Weather right. can cho- weather can close things. Yeah. People missing all that stuff. So, and it wasn't necessarily that they were open. It was that the event that was happening yeah, at that that's location. That's what's really critical about times it. Times right? out. Mm-hmm. And wow, punching that clock every single turn, so fun. <laughs> Celeste so was fully fun. in charge of punching the clock, and uh, she was definitely yeah. having a good time with that. Yeah, and people were like, I, somebody asked, somebody asked, why is it a bank if it's a clock? And we're like, it's the 80s. Don't you remember every yeah. tall bank building had a clock on it? Yeah, I remember that oh, now yeah. that you mentioned it. So yeah. that that was the cool that was such a cool yeah. idea. So the other function of the clock was this tiny function in the board where <laughs> there's this character called the slog and I I think it stands for sweet little old grandmother somebody nope. wrote in there yeah somebody's little old grandmother somebody's little old grandmother but slog, <laughs> slog. and all she does is <laughs> yeah. cross the street back and forth uh, like when the clock moves, she moves into the street or out of the street. If the slog clock, po- if the little it, slog button on the clock pops up, right, which is random, also, yeah, like yeah, in addition to the random times that come up. And if you if you bump into her while she's in the street, 
you can do her, you know, you can be really nice and, and help her across the street and that lets you move to any spot on the board. So she's basically, I think she's a witch or something because she can teleport you across the city. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure. Yeah, with a level wow. six spell. That's impressive. <laughs> what is it? Is it like the, yeah, it's like a good deed fairy? Yeah, I teleport, without right. air, ter- teleport without error. I love it. Yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's a ninth level spell. No, I don't know. Eighth <laughs> level, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. she's a sorcerer. She's a sorceress, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, if you, if you help her across the street, you can go to any spot on the board. So you're looking for one of those spots that is still available and is worth like four points, which is the maximum. Oh, yeah. And then oh, and then these crazy cards. Okay, it's nice to oh get one God. that might help you, but it is all about hindering your neighbor. Oh, man. It is just Ooh. slam, slam, slam. <laughs> Fall slam. asleep on the bus. Minus six to yeah. your turn. Oh, oh man. And then there's counter spells, right, Mike? Somebody else's yeah. points. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, steal yep. somebody else's points. Steal points. Just yeah. straight up steal your points. <laughs> yeah, steal, straight up steal your points. <laughs> yep. I'll take your card. Thanks. Yeah, there's counter spells, too. If somebody tries to cast something. I see I'm, I'm talking like it's Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tries to like hinder you that turn, like make you fall asleep on the bus. Uh, you can just counter it basically. Yeah, with a it's called no, way, way. no way, no way, no way, no way. So, <laughs> but there's so many cards. Like, I think there's a the deck is like what 30 cards tops, maybe it's not very big. And there's about five or six cards that make you fall asleep when you go on the bus. I'll explain how the bus works. <laughs> but basically, you go onto a special space and you can skip a bunch of spaces yeah, to all the bus stop stops. To stop bus stop. Right. Yeah. So it moves you around quick. But the problem is there's one single bus line, and if somebody puts you to sleep on the bus, you just go all the way to the end of the line. You're way out of whack with where you you're overshot. Gonna be. You overshot your stop yeah. and your turn. Yeah, and your so turn great. ends. So you lose a turn, and there's like <laughs> six of those in a deck. Like like what? Ten percent, twenty percent of the deck Don't is take the make bus, people man. lose their turn if they're on the bus <laughs> and, and then it, when the clock strikes five it's all over yep game over once that, the clock strikes that five. was that was brilliant yeah it's just there you know exactly you know you have a general idea of how long this game right. you don't know yeah. exactly no, how many turns you got left you can sense it, it coming when it becomes yeah. Four, yeah, you can tell. 10 you know it's yeah. gonna be and the deck yeah. is stacked at the beginning of the game so all the early opening cards come out you know, at the beginning on, of the game yeah. and the right. late ones come out late, which is kind of rare for like a game for that time period, you know, to have a stacked deck. And that's kind of a it's newer genius. mechanic for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah and it had those thought. sharp old fashioned D6s that had the real sharp edges. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. Very square, those, very cool. Yeah, those are nice. Box sixes. Oh, like, yeah. I prefer yeah. those. Yeah. Those Instead are. The rolling those are, sixes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay, explorers. It's time. It's time to dig up or bury fun city. Hit me with it, Mike. I had really low expectations for this game when I saw the cover. I was like, I'm not going to lie. And the, and the deck called Crazy. I'm like, okay, you know, come on. Are you going to live up to the hype? But, I mean, after playing it, I saw that they put in an honest effort to make this game interesting and fun. Um, the loss of turns is awful for games. <laughs> but, you know, tweak those out of there and add something more interesting. And this could be an actual solid game. I, I think I'll dig it up just for how much work they put into it. Ed? It's an old Milton Bradley game that actually has Parker. some interesting elements, like that Parker. clock. The game can be fun if you're okay with the old style roll and move. The crazy take that card, high luck draw, <laughs> and basically a game that's unfair by design. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had enough fun to play a game with my friend here to put it on the table, but it's not oh. something I myself... Yeah. I'm going to bring on to the table. I'm going to get a little light, Barry. Uh, he couldn't even get the publisher right. Who cares what he thinks? Yeah. <laughs> Evan, go ahead. Oh, Fun City Game. It's a strange mix of chaos and hilarity. It's a grief game, though. 
Yeah, cause your For opponents sure. the most grief possible. It's not the friendliest mm-hmm. games, and uh, but the corniness and the laughter and constant action keeps it light and moving at a brisk pace. Uh, I, I was going to judge this game by its cover. Had I had, I would have buried it. But it was really, I think, surprisingly fun and some neat features. Dig it up. Yeah. Yeah, I totally would have buried it on that cover. <laughs> I, I mean, that art is classic, but it definitely is not my style. <laughs> no. And the game board is the same. Just that uh. weird, chaotic style. However, there's a bunch of original art on it. It, it is not, you know, just plain and ugly. Look, this game was fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Even as a grief game, which I don't love grief games, it moves so quickly that you forget what happened to you. I certainly forgot because there's so much to do even when it's not your turn. That yeah. this game just breezes on by. It is a definite play again. I mean, come on. The clock alone. Yeah. The clock yeah. alone. I, yeah. I want to press it right now. I want to pull it out. Wow. The uh, it's a it's a hard dig up for me. Nice. All right. Uh, it, which creature? Wait. Which caricature art have you enjoyed? Oh, caricature art. We did, does anybody <laughs> actually enjoy caricature art? I That's live in what New York I City. Know. I hate it. All right. Let us know. We're at which game first on all social media. That brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you about all the gaming you're doing. We love to hear from our fans. We are at Discord and all social media. If you get a chance, please leave us a like or a rating anywhere where you find our podcast. It is a huge help. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our patrons and happy gaming explorers. Cats go boop. I thought they go meow. Hey, Evan. Yeah? Boop. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Grief City. We have the most relaxing buses in the world. You'll fall asleep and end up at the end of the line almost every time. Enjoy. (laughs) Warning, do not take the buses. Yeah, don't take the (laughs) buses.